First Take, the least boring banking podcast, is an attempt to make banking unboring and tell you all the tips, tricks, and news that you need to know regarding your banking life. Brought to you by two former news anchors who are just trying to make banking a little more personable, a little less boring. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to First Take. I'm Blake. I'm Allison. And it is so good to have you with us here on episode six of First Take. So we have made it this long, somewhat consistent on dates and times. Somewhat consistent. But we are here, so... And we are us, so... <laughs> we, we are us, and consistency is not an issue with us in anything that we do, any way, shape, or form. So uh, so episode six, uh, once again, we have made it this far. Uh, there's five other previous episodes, and if you haven't listened to them, they're, they're pretty solid. That's how counting works. Good job. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Some of them are good. We've got credit do's and don'ts. We've got loan interest. We've got everything like that. Speaking of loan interest, today we are talking about the flip side of that, which the two actually go hand in hand, but it's deposit interest. Correct. Those two actually go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. We'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, but we are talking about deposit interest. And in an effort to do so, we always make sure that you understand that Allison and I talk about everything but are experts in nothing. Not a thing. So we bring experts on. Uh, we always say uh, first-time expert, long-time listener. Uh, so today we have uh, the chief financial officer of First National Bank, one Tommy White. Please don't say it like you that. You have to say, entire... why are you saying it weird? Why are you saying why are you it saying so weird? Why are you saying what weird? Okay, so in case we haven't completely freaked Tommy out, Tommy is here with us. Tommy is our chief financial officer. Uh, he kind of makes the finances tick. But Tommy, give, give us just, what what do you what do you actually do? For those who don't bank? know. For those who don't know what a, a chief CFO financial, does. Yeah, exactly. Bank. Well, uh, we do all the accounting and financial statements for the bank. Uh, we help what they call our asset liability management. So we... Uh, set rates and deposit rates and those kind of things. Sounds good, Tommy. I, I do appreciate you coming. Um, it is it is always a little bit of arm twisting to get these people to come on. They don't like to speak, especially uh, folks in Tommy's arena. They kind of like to blend in. If, if I would say, Tommy, it's probably pretty true to say that you'd rather nobody even notice you were there most of the time. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> especially in the financial sector. Uh, the, 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 when you talk about the finances of something, uh, okay, so let's get into it, though. I think, Tommy, first of all, we, we sometimes skip over the minute details of these things, but why is, especially speaking to deposit interest, we've explained already in a previous episode why loan interest is a thing, but why is deposit interest, why does it even exist? Well, you know, deposit interest is the amount that the bank pays customers for having deposits at the bank. Uh, you know, and the bank has to have deposits to be able to loan money out. So we will pay you to have funds at our bank. And that's, that's the perfect explanation, yeah. right? And here's the thing, because full disclosure, I will say what I've said in previous episodes, we're in the money-making business here, okay? So there, we're going to go to that, and that ultimately, just as whatever business you do, we are attempting to make money. We are, it's a full disclosure on this. We are very honest with you on these podcasts. So what Tommy is essentially saying is, again, we need your money so we can loan it back out and make money off of it. But in the process, we give you something to do that, right? That makes sense? I said that right. Okay, um, so I think there's always this ongoing discussion amongst people who um, have deposits at a bank, particularly when you're really starting to rely on that interest as an income. Where does the bank come up with the rates? It's not just something we make up out of thin air. No, you know, the Federal Reserve sets two rates, and everything is kind of tied from that. So they set the Fed discount rate, which is currently 25 basis points which that's the amount that they will loan money to the bank for. 
the other thing they char- or set a rate for is the IORR, which is where we have funds at the Fed, and they pay us 10 basis points. So everything is kind of, you know, geared upon what the Fed does. And we've talked about the Fed on these podcasts multiple times, and, you know, you'll hear on the news that they're about to raise rates, they're about to lower rates, they're about to do these things, but there's not always necessarily an immediate impact on the rate that you have for a variety of reasons as a consumer. That's correct. So loan rates are also tied into that. You mentioned a couple different rates that, that we, we turn to. Uh, you really can't separate those two. And, and if, you'll, if you will, Tommy, just kind of as basic as we can make this, I know it's, not, it's nothing's basic about it, but we try our best. Uh, how, do, how are the loan rates and the deposit rates married? Well, you know, the primary source for the bank's income is the spread between uh, deposit rates and loan rates. So, you know, we have to have a spread there where we're, as you said, make money. And so the lower the deposit rates are, the lower the loan rates are, or, and vice versa. If the deposit rates are higher, then the loan rates got to be higher. Is that why, so that's why some you will see that not all bank rates are created equal. Like some banks will have higher rates at certain times than others. I mean, they're, they're not all created equal. That's true, yes. So how, how does, when you talk about your typical accrual of interest in normal bank saying, we're going to move on from why, and let's talk about how that works, right? Because, I mean, I think it's probably a first-time consumer, Allison, we've all been there when you opened your first bank account, and, you know, where you open up that first account, and they're like, okay, you're going to get 025 Percent interest. So fun to see, uh, you know, oh, you 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 earned two cents. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. You, you come in with that first account at the bank, and it's kind of funny, right, because you come in and you're bringing like $100, and, and we throw you a little interest your way. And don't get me wrong, it's it's a good way to start, and there's, there's certainly you should take advantage of that because money is money, right? Um, but it's kind of hard to understand, especially when, when you're sitting there and they start throwing out things like compounded quarterly interest and things like that. Just let's on a, on a basic level, let's just go through that. I mean, explain how we'll st- we can only speak in, from how First National Bank operates, but explain how if you were to, a traditional checking account, how your interest would be calculated and you would be subsequently paid off of your money. Well, the interest is figured daily. So every day uh, you figure whatever your rate balance times the rate divided by 365 because it's one 365 days. And that is added to your accrued interest every day. And then at the end of the month, uh, that amount is credited to your bank statement on a checking account. And we mention something in every time we talk about interest. Mm-hmm. We talk about the annual percentage yield. You will hear that. You'll hear. You will see APY you know, on things, annual percentage 0. yield. 0.75 annual percentage yield. I'm trying to give my demo rates a more, like, realistic approach because I don't want somebody <laughs> to just hear part of this and be like, wait a minute, you know, like this aren't the other doing. Yeah, right. And Tommy's like, whoa, throw the brakes on, buddy. So uh, explain annual percentage yield, what we mean when we say that. Okay, that's the real rate of return over 12 months. So like just as an example, uh, if you, you came in and, and got a, a one-year CD, okay, uh, and quarterly we compound it, so this is getting into another uh, area there, but basically, you earn interest on your interest at that point. So you end up making, let's say if the rate's 1%, you're going to make a little more than 1% because you've earned interest on the interest. So that's why the APY the would be higher than what the simple rate was. Right. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. So it it's close, but it, yeah. it depending on how much money you have in the account, that'll right. vary in the interest that you accrue. And, 
Yeah, right. So, uh, but that's, we, we throw a lot of terms at you, and they're really not as scary as they actually are. Like Tommy said, there's a couple of simple ways you can calculate it, but it does, it, it can look looming. But again, we, we just kind of want to give you that information because a lot of times we just talk about it, and you go, you, you're comparing that rate to something you've seen, and you go, okay, that's good, but how does it, how do you actually end up getting your money? Right. Um, and there's, there's multiple ways you can earn interest. There's obviously your checking accounts, but you mentioned CDs a while ago. Kind of go over the the way a C, just for somebody who might not know they they've heard this term. What, what is a CD? How does it work? And and why should you get one? And, and possibly when should you look at a CD? Well, CD is a, is a certificate of deposit, uh, and that's where you basically commit to a certain time period to have your money at the bank. So, like a checking account, you can obviously draw the money out at any time. That's why that rate's going to be lower than. A savings rate is general. A savings account is generally a little bit higher because there's some limitations on how much you can withdraw on those accounts. Uh, but a CD is okay. You say a definite time period. So, like say a one-year CD, you say I'm going to leave that money there for 12 months and I'm not going to touch it. Which is important to the bank because again, right. that's whenever we turn around and and use that to be able to make the loans and and. So right. we, we'll we'll pay you a little bit more to right. keep that exactly money at our bank say. for so, a set amount of time. Right. That's why the CD rate is going to be higher than a checking account because you've committed to keep those funds there for that whatever length of time. And another way that people can um, earn deposit on things, uh, IRAs, uh, individual retirement account. Talked a little bit about that and, and how people can also put money into that and earn interest on it. Okay. Well, IRA is basically like a, a, a certificate of deposit, except that it's in a individual retirement account. So there are certain rules about that on, uh, you know, early withdrawal penalties mm-hmm. or if you reach a certain age, you're required to get distributions and those kind of things. So it's a little more uh, complex than just a CD, but it, it operates basically the same way. And what you have there is a lot of times at a certain age, folks begin drawing off of those IRAs and, and uh, the hope would be, you know, you saving in something like that long enough, you can kind of live off some of the interest. Correct. They'll get a they'll get a you know an interest distribution or a you know they'll, they'll kind of get that in a, in a check form or a direct deposit form where they can and so and that's the purpose of it. almost like a a four hundred one k except it's not invested it's a little bit more secure you kind of have a little bit more of a safer area for that money right Tommy just that's correct yes well and let's talk about investing too because a lot of people may look at this and they say okay why would I why would I put my money somewhere that I cannot touch it for a year? Or if I have an IRA that I cannot touch it without penalties for a long period of time, why not just throw that money and invest it? What is a, a, a benefit, the difference, how it outweighs one another? Yeah, uh, so investment, whether it's you know stock market or real estate or whatever you decide to do, you can lose money in that. Yes, whatever you money you put in our bank is safe and secure, and your principal will never fall below what you put in here. Uh, and your interest the same way. And, you know, we have FDIC insurance up to $250,000 as well. And, and that's what, again, so you talk about, yeah, you can get a high rate of return. If it, it, We talk about crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about uh, anything you invest in the stock market through whatever platform you use. But, again, that can go backwards. Uh, well, I mean, uh, just here recently, this is, okay, March, uh, May. It's not March. May 27th and you look at how crypto has gone I when I say dabble I mean (laughs) I'm very afraid of putting anything in there it's more of just a fun thing to 
<laughs> throw $5 at or something. But I had uh, the other day, um, just from a few different ones that I had, it had jumped from maybe I've put $60 into it. And it was up to 150 bucks. And then I clicked on it a couple days later, and it was down to 80 And I'm like, what happened? Where did my money go? <laughs> yeah, you, you're exactly right. That stuff is, is volatile. And, you know, as we know, especially in a COVID environment, the stock market has been volatile. But you don't have that volatility with interest rates at the bank. You may not get the highest rate of return, but, you know, you do know when you stick that money in there, it will be there when you come back. And that's where Tommy mentions FDIC insurance. But also uh, just the way banking is structured now in general with exams and things like that, I think – you have a, a generation of people, Tommy, who remember banking issues and, and banks collapsing and things like that. And, and that's where FDIC insurance came into play. But also the structure of banking now with the way that it's regulated is just so different than it used to be. Yes. Well, I was going to say, you know, talking about people who remember um, who remember how, how things have been in the past of banks collapsing, the savings and loan crisis, different things like that. Right. Those people also remember, you know, obviously right now we're not looking at very great interest rates that are being no. paid back on things. Um, just like we're looking at, you know, interest rate on your loan is pretty great right now. Let's talk about the difference on it, historically why rates used to be so high. Okay, yeah, you know, the Federal Reserve, like I said, sets the rates and everything is tied to that. The Federal Reserve has two goals. One is to control inflation and the other one is to seek full employment. So depending on what the economy is doing, so like if they're uh, trying to be pro-growth, you've got low rates. If they're having, uh, if it's growth is going too fast and we start getting inflation, uh, then rates go higher, and then they, that slows the growth down. So that's, that's their two goals, is to control inflation and to reach full employment, and they set the rates to help with that. Like I said, because you, you always hear, People talk about, why well, I used to get 15% interest on, on my CD. And it's like, well, that's just not where we're at. I mean, it's right. you know your interest rate's a snapshot of your current economy. Right. So back when that happened, inflation was, you know, 15% too. <laughs> and like 1% or 2% now. That, that's the difference. You can tell, I can tell by the look on Tommy's face that, like, it was immediately obvious that he had heard that line yeah. a time or two. And, and Why can't uh, you give me that now? <laughs> I was still alive when that happened, so I'm old enough to remember. But you were also paying extremely high rates on your, your mortgage rates and stuff, too. Right? So, uh, so it, again, what you said to, it, to begin with, Blake, all of this is married. It goes hand in hand of, of if you're going to see high rates on one, you'll see high rates on the other, low rates on one, low rates on the other, and it's all in an effort to keep this balanced in the economy flowing the way it should. And that's what, uh, you know, I mean, that's a lot of your job, too. I mean, it's, you, it's a balancing act. It's looking at what we have on deposits versus what we have on loans and those rates there. And, you know, you mentioned locking up the money is a good thing, but you don't want to lock it up at a certain place you don't want to lock it up at. Right. And that's so, you know, I, I just I think Tommy has a fascinating job I would never want. Oh, uh, to I, be honest. if I had it's, to look at all those numbers, I can't look at numbers, you know, on a good day. So... Every yeah. day, in and day out. And we also, I too, I mean, you can give us math equations all day, but Allison and I took one math class in college. Actually, I took two, but one of them was a remedial class, so it was fine. by. That's why we're in marketing. <laughs> That's why it's it. So we have to ask people like Tommy how to come on here and talk about those rates and everything. So we always like to do this, and I know this part, depending on level of comfort, not everybody likes, but uh, so in full disclosure, Tommy can simply give his opinion. It's not any sort of advice or legal advice or anything like that. But 
kind of where we're at right now, which is a weird time. You've got this this boom in real estate. You've got kind of deposit rates are low, but coming the, the off low, of loan rates are low in the middle of a, the low in the middle of the pandemic. It's it's just it's a weird time, and you didn't really know how we were going to come out of it, Tommy. What? It's a weird time, and it's not. You know, I I think we talked with Mitch about this last time. It's you know you can look historically at things that have happened, um, but we've not really been in this situation ever. Um, so forecasting out, what do you see, you know, because it's, I guess, not really something that you can look at as a cookie cutter. This is how it happened in the past. This is what's going to come next. But what do you anticipate happening? Well, again, as you said, this is unprecedented times. Uh, you know, when, when COVID hit and the pandemic hit, you know, the Fed dropped rates to zero, basically. And so uh, they've been that way for a year. Uh, you know, let me first say that absolutely nobody knows what rates are going to do. Sure. But we do know the next rate's going to be up because there's no other place to go. <laughs> now, when that will happen, I could say, you know, uh, obviously as the economy gets a, a firm hold and continues to grow, and we know that will happen at some point. So uh, that's where we are. Like I said, I always just love getting people like Tommy in here to your look at it because I, you know, I, I have a view and I track it. Obviously, working in the financial industry, but I don't have the view of it that you do. So. The numbers view of it of of yeah. being able to look at stuff from you know absolutely years from past the perspective and and um, like I said, the years of banking experience. Tommy, I know that again. Tommy again tried to get somebody else to come do this, but ultimately a couple, I, other, I, people. A couple other people and we're not going to name the people he tried to throw under the bus, but he tried to throw a couple people under the bus to this, but ultimately he came because he really is the guy I wanted to talk about, about this. So Tommy, thank you for, for coming on. Uh, I, I really appreciate you. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm glad to help. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, first time expert, long time listener. So we, we really do. We really do appreciate it. Uh, but that, Allison, that's so to me, um, we separated deposit and loan interest, but ultimately, um, they, they, they go, cannot be separated. Yeah, but they go so hand in hand. I didn't want to have like an hour long episode, and then I thought if we got Mitch and Tommy up here at the same time, that like we'd end up talking about golf the entire time, or, or some something people like we that. might get more listeners that way. We <laughs> might. It would be it would be pretty funny. So uh, we did that. But uh, Tommy, thank you so much. We we do appreciate it. And uh, so we've got again plan is for more and more episodes. Our our goal, Allison. We're excited about this. Is to travel to Little Rock. Yes. And so for the next podcast episode, we hope to have one Mike Shepherd. And he's aware, and he hasn't he hasn't Tommyed on us yet, and tried no, to. No, he didn't say you need to talk to this guy, but he can't really because the cannot. reason why we're talking to him is he's he's a first national bank guy. Yes. But we try to tell some of the stories of people around the bank, and Mike Shepherd actually uh, was the creator of the Morgan Nick Amber Alert here in Arkansas, and he is an employee. At First National Bank, not to mention he was a former police officer. He just he's got some cool stuff to tell. He was uh, a part of One Bank, which was a company that we bought, a uh, bank that we bought here a few years ago. Uh, they added the Little Rock branches into our family, and we'll talk some about all the Little Rock folks, and it'll just be a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to talking to Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Like you said, he's a uh, you know. We're, we're finding the experts on it, and, and Mike is in that realm. We so. might launch a spinoff podcast that's like True Crime, Streets of Little Rock, something like Listen. that, because Mike Shepard could 100% do that. He has the craziest stories, and I don't know that we'll go into that on First Take, the Least Boring Banking Podcast. I'll just grab Mike to the side and make him tell me all these true crime. is. Yeah, that's, so we may have to spin yeah. that one off uh, on that one. But uh, we appreciate you joining us, Tommy. Again, thank you so much to Tommy White. White. Why are you saying it weird? What? 
what do you do in banking, Tommy? What? So uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Why do I do this at the end of the podcast every single time? I don't know. I don't know. And you just look at me like I'm an avatar or something. Like you well, don't even respond. You have turned and it's, blue. It's audio. Yeah. So no one else can see it, but I can. I, yeah. Anyway. So uh, anything else, Allison? I don't. Do we have anything? I hope All not. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, thanks to Tommy for joining us. Episode 7 will be coming out soon. First National Bank is a member of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. I'm Blake. I'm Allison. Goodbye. <laughs>